0: You are Locked On Padres,
1: your daily San Diego Padres podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Padres podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day for Tuesday, October 20th. As always, I am your host, Javier Reyes, of this here Locked On Padres podcast. Check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, which is spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined, please, please, please hit me up on there with any questions, comments, or concerns you might have, and I'll do very my very best to answer them and maybe even answer them here on the show. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliable prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. And today's episode, guys, as promised, it is this four it is the beginning of this four part mega season recap, wrap-up thing that I did with Daniel Epstein, who you might be familiar with from the International Baseball... Oh, there, I did it again. You'll see what I'm talking about later. Uh, The Internet Baseball Writers Association. Uh, And he does, like, a newsletter. He writes for Best Baseball FYI, Baseball Prospectus, all these places. He's been on the podcast before. um, And it's a really good conversation talking about Basically everything—it's—it's a, it's a megapod, man. This is this is a lot of fun. Um, but before we get into that, I actually just got an alert. This 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 news that just came out, and I'm not going to give too much an opinion on it per se because we still you know got to wait for some of the for the rest of the information to uh to come out. But um, Luis Campizano, the number two. Some would say maybe number two, number three prospect for the Padres was just charged with marijuana possession um, and arrested. He was just released on bond. That's according to the San Diego Union Tribune. So like I said, this is kind of a developing story as I record this. Uh, I'm imagining that there's going to be some more uh, information to come out. But still, just wanted to throw that out there. That has happened. Uh, But for now, that's basically all I have to say, guys. Let's get into the season review. All right, everybody. As... Actually, I don't know if I even teased this one yet, so maybe this will be a surprise for people. But whatever, uh, I talked to him back in the day. You know, he's the, the times have changed since the last time I I chatted with this fellow. Uh, the Pipers had their you know best season since like 1998. Um, he is starting this super ambitious newsletter and doing all this king stuff for the international baseball writers. Internet. Internet. I always do that. Internet Baseball Writers Association, including a a podcast of your own. Uh, Longtime listeners will remember. He is back, everybody. Mr. Daniel Epstein. How are you doing, sir?
0: I am doing well. That was quite an introduction. By the way, I mess that up, too, all the time. I always say, like, international, (laughs) but no, it's Internet Baseball Writers Association (laughs) of America. But, um, yeah, it's it's good to talk to you. It certainly has been a busy time
1: on and off the field since uh, we last spoke. Yeah, the last time we spoke was back in July fourteenth. No, maybe not. Maybe it was before then. That's just what I know. The episode went up, but uh, it's we been a while. So much has changed. Yeah, we were still young. Now it's October. Now it's spooky season. Now it's now it's <laughs> football season. We're recording this actually on a Sunday, and you know, most people they'd be kicking back. They're you know maybe having a couple beers and they're watching their football team, getting upset about their fancy football team. None of these things obviously apply to me. But that's what most people are doing. But instead, we're talking baseball, man. That's what we do, man. So I wanted to have you back on because, like I said, um, I had you early on in the podcast, actually, and its a total lifespan, to do like a season preview. And we each made, I'm not going to say like typical predictions. We kind of just talked more about them. They weren't like bold, like the end type this. But we talked about things that we were looking forward to, um, Padres and in general. So I figured, let's go over those things. Were we right about anything? Were we right? And I say that with air quotes. Were we completely wrong? Uh, some of them, as is the case with basically everything in life, uh, we it was about somewhere in the middle. Somewhere in the middle. So uh, I'm really excited to, to get into this. We're going to start with Padre's storylines. Dan, are you ready?
0: Um, as long as like, listen, just just <laughs> fast
1: forward to Jay Cronenworth. Can we just do Jay Cronenworth? <laughs> so, so I was, you know, I, I'm so excited because I know this is like the number one thing, right? So it was our first episode actually which was supposed to start with just our opening day game thoughts but instead we talked about jay Cronenworth for a little bit and actually you know <laughs> what i can't even say we i, I, I technically can't i participated the convo too but this is all all you're doing jay Cronenworth uh was the best call spoiler of any that any of us made you were excited you were slightly wrong in the sense that you were looking forward to his pitching Right, you weren't wrong, but he didn't pitch. That's the one thing he didn't do. Yeah, he didn't pitch. Instead, he ended up being a finalist for Rookie of the Year, basically. And well, I'm not sure if he's going to win it, and you know, I wouldn't mind because I think there's some really awesome guys, the guy in Philadelphia and the guy for the Devin Williams on uh, Milwaukee, definitely deserving candidates for sure. But I'd say that Jake Cronenworth, out of those three, one of the more surprising ones in a lot of ways, unless you listened to this podcast earlier. So take your time, my friend, gloat. And, and tell the people how right you were about uh, the well, I, I can worthy
0: even. I can't even take <laughs> that much credit. It's not like I looked at him and was like, well, this guy's the best second baseman in baseball this year. No, <laughs> no one said that. I figured he would be, you know, a fun component, like, you know, a quirky utility guy who also pitches. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I figured he'd be like Greg Garcia with a fastball, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, he... He didn't pitch at all, so I mean, I'm I'm highly disappointed in his season. Um, you know, really, he needs to step it up and do better because <laughs> just his mound work was completely unacceptable, lack thereof. No, he was. So I I think that uh, he is the front runner for NL Rookie of the Year. I'll even one up you there. Mm. I think that he really deserves to win it. He um, you know, cooled off a little towards the end, but he was just blistering all year long. And if you look at the underlying statistics um with Statcast and everything the x steps and all that it was for real this wasn't the case of mm. you know someone who just comes up and uh you know like mashes really quick in their rookie year well before the leagues figured him out and then fades away into oblivion i think he is for real i think he is their long-term second baseman and i think he is long-term uh an all-star second baseman if you look at um I got a Statcast page up right now his expected stats which have some flaws don't get me wrong but mm-hmm, they're even better than his actual stats yeah like you know his his expected batting average was 98th percentile um his you know expected slugging percentage 91st mm-hmm. percentile you combine that with you know 92nd percentile sprint speed and 89th percentile yeah. outs above average you've got a heck of a ball player here this guy mm-hmm. is is for real and like he does it um you know not just by like crushing the ball all the time although you know he does match but he just barrels it up and just hits line drives everywhere I mean he um his line drive percentage it was like 33.6 percent which the league average is 25.7 percent obviously mm-hmm. line drives are good you know you get hits online drives. So that's really what he does best and most consistently is like he's just making really good contact a lot. And he's making a lot of contact. He was like one of the leaders in terms of contact rate, um, you know, fewer strikeouts, uh, you know, just making making more contact with everything. You know, he he really had like um kind of like a a DJ LeMayu-ish sort of season. Yeah. If you look at it that way. Yeah, I mean, I know that Mayu hits right-handed, but, um, you know, I, I really think that's the kind of player that Jake Cronenworth has become, uh, except maybe a little faster and maybe even a little more power. I don't know. So he's he's just, um, he's got an incredible future, I think.
1: Yeah, and I think the other thing is, and, and like you said, just low strikeout rate, uh, 30 walks, my bad, whoops, 30 strikeouts to 18 walks. That's really good. And well, yeah, the, the, the traditional power metric, yeah, he only had four home runs this year, but he really when you watch him, he would just get those line drives and stuff. And he was really good in the playoffs, too. But I actually think one of my favorite things about him is just the utility factor. And I actually I actually wrote an article like, like I, because I write about baseball now, I guess. Um, and I wrote about Cronenworth kind of being is he kind of like that Zobris dude? And if you look at their stats, Zobris was a little bit more of a pole hitter, I'd say. Uh, played a little bit, maybe actually literally played more positions while Cronenworth basically seems to have found a spot at second, but it's not too far off. And actually he's had a better start to his career technically than Ben Zobrist did, but he's definitely the Ben Zobrist of our team. And what I like about him so much is also really good defensively. He made a lot of great plays. I know, I know he had made like a couple uh, mistakes down the stretch. I know some base running errors in the playoffs and stuff like that. It's a rookie. It's a whatever. He, he's still, he's 26, whatever it happens. Right. But I think it was just, you know, I, I've talked about this with a couple people, but When a team is looking to break out, I feel like you always get that guy who everyone's like, oh yeah, I like that guy. And then he's super, he's just that guy you didn't expect to get production from. You have that breakout that nobody was talking about. That's usually what happens with teams right when they're about to become something. And that obviously was kind of the case with the Padres this year. Carterworth is a big reason for that.
0: Absolutely. I mean, the you know Tommy Pham, Hunter Renfro trade is really going to go down as the Jake Carterworth trade. It's the Jake Carterworth trade. Exactly. You're right about the versatility. I mean, you know, when Tatis was out, he slid over to play shortstop, which was his natural mm-hmm. position. That's what he played in the minors right. uh, all the way up until this year. When Hosmer was out before they traded from Orland, he played yeah, first, first base. Yeah. You know, he played, spent a little time at uh, at third. So he can play anywhere in the infield. Uh, but, you know, I, I wonder as he becomes like this stud regular, how, how much they're going to do that or how much they're going to say, all right, you're our second baseman and we're just not going to worry about it anymore. Um, you know, part of that, I guess, is having Profar on the roster that they were able to move both of them around and everything. But, you know, like sometimes guys come up and like they don't have a defined position, but they're kind of somewhere. And then as they become established, it's like, here's my here's my spot. Here's where I am. I wonder if they're going to do that with Cronenworth or if they're just going to continue to use him this way. I mean, either way is fine. He's he's really valuable in either case.
1: Yeah, he makes the potential needs. Uh, and I say that also in air quotes, because I don't think the Padres necessarily have too many desperate needs this off season. And I think a, a nice little part of that is because Cronenworth, all of a sudden he throws a, a monkey. He's a monkey in the ranch. All of a sudden you're, you know, one of the big questions for the team was like outfield. And then second base was probably one of them. And it looks like as of right now, well, maybe you have that solution all of a sudden. So it's a really just a fortunate thing that happened for the Padres. So you, you were right on that call. I'll give you credit for that. I know you didn't say that he was going to be rookie of the year, but bottom line, is you did bring it up. <laughs> and you know what? T- take a lap sir. Take a lap. Take I didn't lap. <laughs> not say it either. Yeah, he didn't not say it. Arrgh! Just a second guys. You see though I'm I'm slamming on the, the brakes and all that, right? Cuz I got to talk to you about cars everybody, and more specifically I need to talk to you about rockauto.com rockauto.com first and foremost is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to tail lamps, brake parts, motor oil and even new carpet, whether it's for your classic or daily driver. Get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. That is super convenient now, isn't it? The rockauto.com catalog is a unique and remarkably easy thing to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer best of all best of all and even this part sounds even good for me because you know i don't know that much about cars i'm making weird car noises you know what I, mean? I don't know much but best of all guys RockAuto.com. their prices are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers now ask yourself this what just just why why just why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts is that making sense no it does not so go to rockout.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on and their how would you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com now i'm gonna give myself a little bit of credit but i was also wrong in one respect and one of the things that i said when we were talking about padre centric um predictions and things we we're looking forward to i thought the padres secretly had a sneaky okay starting rotation now the reason that that turned it out being true to Nelson a, like a top, I'm going to say like a top five ish Cy Young candidate in the NL maybe. And then, you know, uh, with uh, what's his face, uh, Mike Clevenger obviously becomes a thing. Chris Paddock takes a step back, but one of the things I said was uh, Mackenzie Gore could be a reason for that. I thought Mackenzie Gore could be the guy that calls up and make this rotation a lot better. That didn't happen. Instead, the actual breakout guy for the Padres was Zach Davies, <laughs> which I mean, <laughs> It's not inconceivable, but I did not expect, I don't think, him to be as good as he turned out to be. Um, I thought he was just going to be a back-of-the-rotation starter. I mean, this is back when Lucchese was the number four starter. And all of a sudden, we're playing the playoffs, and he's our number two, or arguably number one, honestly. And Davies was kind of, he was one of those like underrated pitchers in all of NL this year. So I did not expect that, but the Padres rotation, I think, yes, all talking about Machado. Rightfully so. Hosmer, oh, the launch angle. And Tatis literally saving baseball. All of that everybody talks about. But Padres also have a really solid starting rotation, especially considering their best guys theoretically in the future haven't been called up yet.
0: Absolutely. You know, I I think when you look at starting pitchers for this year or especially relief pitchers for this year, it's going to be really hard to judge because I think that they need like a little bit more time than 12 starts to make major evaluations off of them i think that you can do that a little bit better with the position players but um based on what we saw lamette turned into an absolute ace and he was a monster this year Mm -hmm. uh davies was really good at limiting hard contact um and you know the rest of the staff really filled in really nicely behind them paddock garrett richards that signing turned out really well for them you know they 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 signed him to a two year deal knowing he wasn't mm-hmm. going to pitch the first year. And it was really all about this season and he did pretty well for them. He was a solid mid rotation mm-hmm. starter kind of guy. So until yeah, the end I mean, of Paddock, season, but yeah, until the end, but you know, yeah, until uh, the end. <laughs> right. Um, you know, Paddock. Yeah. He took a little bit of a step back, but I don't think mm-hmm. that really foretells any, anything bad for his future. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that he's still going to be, you know, a really good number one, number two starter going forward. Um, which is not something I say lightly. And that's the beautiful thing about having so much young talent that the Padres do is with the pitching staff, you can, uh, you know, throw so many guys out there that are are big prospects, knowing that a lot of them are just not going to work out. And still some of them will, and that's really all you need. And then you kind of supplement around that. And they didn't even they didn't even really tap their biggest resources like Mackenzie Gore. Like you said, mm-hmm. um, Patino, he's one of their biggest prospects. They called him up and just kind of used him as a middle reliever, um, yeah. you know, and he pitched great, but again, he's 20, who cares? You know, he's fine. Yes, he's going to be he's... fine long-term. I'm not yeah. worried about that. The guy. can't even but, drink yet. It's fine. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, he like they've just got so many dudes that they can keep them, trade them, develop them. A few of them are going to bust because that's the way pitchers go. And they've got enough of them that uh, they have quantity and quality that it's going to work out for them. It mm-hmm. really reminds me a lot of the way the Braves were a couple of years ago where they had just so many pitching prospects mm-hmm. and some of them worked out, you know, like Soroka or Freed, um, Fulton-Evich for a little while, but then <laughs> fulton faded and got traded and, you know, other guys maybe didn't quite work out like Kyle Wright or Bryce Wilson, but, you know, they had enough guys that looked really good that they ended up with a solid core of a rotation and that's mm-hmm. i think where the padres are right now
1: yeah it was kind of it's like a volume thing where it's just mm-hmm. and just law of averages where it's like you got eight guys there's going to be some people who who have to break out right it would be it would be ridiculous it would actually be more impressive for all eight not to break out in this type of hypothetical situation or whatever right and like scoring a 0 know, on your sat's Yeah, yeah, (laughs) exactly. exactly. It's hard to do that. Yeah, it's very hard to do that. It's like, you know, it's like uh, that seated Spider-Verse when Miles, uh, you know, incorrectly answers all the (laughs) things on purpose. And that's literally would be, it'd be harder to do that accidentally or whatever, right? Um, Shout out to that movie. It's the the best. Um, Such a good movie. And I think, um, I think the thing with Paddock is this. And I feel, I got, I don't, I'm not going to say pushback, but some people, hey man, you're too negative on Chris Paddock. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. OK, I was negative on him for this season in terms of I was just a little bit worried after seeing some starts, not preseason. I didn't say this preseason. Um, and I still think I'm a little bit worried. But bottom line is this. I think that, you know, we can't just give up. You know what I mean? And to give you a good example for for me, your, your, your Yankee fandom, uh, right. top prospect Luis Severino. Everyone's excited, comes into the league kind of at the end of that season when he debuts and was was good. And then they start for the next year. Like, oh, he's going to be the ace. It's time, prospect time. Then he falls off a bit. Then he's a bit of a mess. And then the year, and then everyone forgets about him. They're like, oh, he's bad now. at The end. And then I think I'm going to say it's like 2018. I forgot when. And then he comes in and is like one of the five best pitchers in the AL. Right. So that's my thing with Paddock. I'm not saying he's Severino, but uh, I am. I was concerned, but I was concerned um, in the short term for his season. Fastball was straight. Was that curveball, while it is experimental, was just not working as much. And I think, as every player in baseball, they learn, they adapt, they figured out, hey, you're not going to hit this guy's changeup. Just wait on it, whatever. Try, let him beat you with that. Don't let him beat you with the fastball, right? And that's what probably happened, right? So I'm still optimistic. And if that's like the big thing, look, they've got hopefully Clevenger Lament. They're going to be healthy and whatnot, hopefully heading into next season. Doesn't sound like their injuries are too bad. And then you've got Davies and then Paddock. I mean, maybe if he has that bounce back, I don't think there's this desperate need that I think maybe Padres fans think where they're like, we got to go out and get Trevor Bauer. We got to get Marcus Stroman. I wouldn't mind it, especially if it's maybe a one or maybe, maybe two-year deal. But it's definitely not this like immediate need. I don't think the Padres, because of so many players that broke out, have this situation where they need guys to absolutely just explode and step up.
0: I agree. And I think that you're right about Paddock. I mean, I think it's really easy to overreact to anything that we saw that was really good or really bad this season from anyone, but especially you look at Paddock, how many pitchers have had a sophomore slump and, you know, it was a, mm-hmm. a 60 game season. If they had played the additional one Oh two, and this had been a normal season, who's to say he doesn't write the ship and then have, have like a really good month and a half at the end that makes his numbers look uh, a lot better. Um, you look at, uh you know, someone like Garrett Cole, who, yeah. you know, started out really good, then he became kind of mediocre with the Pirates, and then after his trade to the Astros, struck out literally everybody.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, everybody, yeah. I
0: mean, you know, I'm not saying Paddock is Garrett Cole, but mm-hmm. a lot of pitchers have that kind of a career arc where something's working, and then maybe batters figure it out a little bit, and then they figure out something else if they've got the stuff that's good enough. And I think Paddock's mm-hmm. stuff is good enough that... Um, you know, he's probably going to figure it out and be okay in the long run.
1: Mm -hmm. And then the last thing in terms of kind of Padres centric predictions we made, um, you asked me, you said, this wasn't a prediction, but we talked about, you said, do you think the person that's going to break the all time uh, home run record for the Padres, which Nate Colbert, I believe is the person uh, was on the team. I said, yeah. And I said, screw it. I'm believing in Manny Machado. Why didn't I just say Fredo Tatis? Why <laughs> didn't I just say that guy's name? What's wrong with me? Like, why what was he's like 21 years old? I don't know why I didn't just say him. He showed, I'm gonna use this to transition to just have our Tatis fanboy five-minute moment, right? Or whatever. <laughs> and he just showed, yeah, everything he did last year was pretty legit. Um, and more and more some. Not only does he add just the intangibles, just that that feeling that if, if that guy gets a single I mean, it just feels like the team lights up and they're back, right? They're just like, let's go. But now, now Myers, you come up and hit a, hit a home run now and drive him in or whatever, right? And that's kind of was the case this year. All these intangibles, his defense improves a lot. I know this has nothing to do with the home run thing, but not making routine errors. The joke I always make is I'm convinced that those throwing errors, the, it wasn't exciting enough for him. He's like, oh, whatever. And then he, <laughs> maybe he whops it all over the first base and makes an error, right? This year, he cleaned that up a whole lot. And just in general, I know he had a, a, an unfortunate end to the season, which kind of took him out of the MVP race. I think that if you could say who was the story of baseball this year, you'd be hard-pressed not to say uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. Tatis
0: has got to be the guy on the cover of every baseball preview magazine. He's got to be the guy who's on the cover of, you know, MLB The Show or, you know, the BP Annual or anything. He is the story of baseball right now. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that he... Is He's a future MVP. I don't think he'll win it this year, but I think he's definitely got an MVP and he's got MVP caliber talent and he's still only like 21 years old, 22 years old, whatever (laughs) he is. It's just not fair how talented this kid is. You know, if he could just stay on the field. You're, I mean, the sky is the limit for this dude. There's Mm -hmm. nothing that he can't do, and yeah, the defense is coming around. You know, um, last year he was a very bad shortstop, he was one of the worst. Defensive yeah. players in baseball. This year, he was one of the best defensive yeah, completely players in turned baseball. Around, yeah. You know, again, I'm looking at the Statcast stuff, the outs above average. 99th percentile. I think he had the league. In, I think he led all infielders in outs above average. I could be uh, I could be wrong on that. I have to check the leaderboard mm-hmm. there. But, like, he was arguably the best defensive infielder in all of baseball this season. So that's his talent level that you can see someone improve from the worst at something to the best at something. Mm-hmm. and. Wow, he's oh, I, like I don't have words to describe <laughs> how good he is. He's just like he hits the ball harder, more consistently than anyone. He's one of the fastest players. He's one of the best defensive players at, at a crucial defensive position. He's he's a Rod, you know. Like I mean, he's, he's <laughs> like, I, I don't know what else A-Rod. to say. He's, he's I mean, just a Rod.
1: I'm just you know? I'm looking forward to whoever puts that YouTube compilation up. Uh, for Freddie Tatis Jr. 2020 season. the I mean, oh my gosh, just the the mean mugging of the of his own bench <laughs> against the Dodgers early on in the season. That's like his first moment. Then the Grand Slam, obviously 3-0. Not talking about this time. I don't want to get into that too much. It's gotten <laughs> talked about to death and I don't want to give the Rangers any more covers than they deserve. Uh, shout out Bryce Paterik, who hates his own team too. Um, so I don't want to talk about that. And then in the playoffs, Dan, l- let me tell you, the freaking! I know that they the playoffs it, it didn't end as well as they wanted, but that Cardinal series, that game too, man. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, oh man! I was jumping around my house, and my mom's like, "You only became a fan of this team like two years ago. What's wrong with you?" And I'm like, "You don't understand. It's also because I cover them, but it was it was a blast. And it, yeah, it is one of those things where I'm like, I don't know why I didn't just say him." They're probably going to have cup They have club control of him until 2025. Uh, if you just average that out, he's already going to be in the running for the Nate Colbert record. Just that. Amount, just based on that, um, I'm still going to say Machado. I'm you're still, still going to say Machado? Yeah,
0: he's locked up longer.
1: That is true. That is true. But I'm yeah, I'm Machado's looking...
0: through twenty twenty eight. But you know, the, the mm-hmm. thing is we were talking about this infield. I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but like oh, no, we we're talking about me. Cronenworth, we were talking about uh Tatis, Machado, Hosmer with the launch angle They're all locked up, I believe, through twenty twenty-five. Mm-hmm. All yeah. four of them. Yeah. That is it's a scary. core scary good. It's yeah. a
1: core. A lot of this Padres team, including pitchers too, they have I think they have Clev until twenty twenty-four. I could be wrong about that. But they they've got control on all these guys for the most part, so everything's pretty locked up. There's still some changes, and obviously there could be trades. We know AJ Preller; he is a madman. This guy could go out and sign Trevor Bauer and Marcus Stroman. Would that freak me out? Yes, because I'd be like, oh my god! Like, I guess forget <laughs> Mackenzie Gore, Patino, but I would still be like, yeah, that I just that guy is capable of anything at any given time. Um, but it's a great point. They're they're locked up. This is an exciting infield um, for sure, and I think that in a lot of ways it defined baseball this year.
0: You're <clears throat> gonna see uh, Denelson Lemet get the uh, Lucchese treatment there. <laughs> oh just, no, like, Not pitch pitch? No, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. I, I I I agree. I mean, it, nothing would surprise me in terms of their adding talent. They were adding major free agent talent even before they were ready to compete with mm. you know Hosmer and Machado um you know while they were still a bad team and they knew they were still a bad team but they were like we're gonna be ready soon and we want these guys here so when they're actually a good team now it'll be interesting to see what they do and how they throw that cash around um you know Preller as always is prone to maybe just trading everybody for everybody so you never know but uh it's going to be an interesting offseason for the Padres. It wouldn't surprise me if they didn't do much either because they yeah. are so stacked. But they could always throw a surprise big trade or big signing out there.
1: And whoa, 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 just a little pause there, everybody. That is it for part one of my season review wrap-up discussion uh, with Daniel Epstein. You'll have to stay tuned uh, another day for the next part. I might do that on Thursday just because uh, I'll have a game to actually recap. I might, I'm might. i thinking of just recapping at least the first game of the World Series. I think that would be fun just to just see what happens. Is there anything fun that happens? You know what I mean? Maybe, maybe that's what I'll do and just cover any of the latest news that happens and whatnot. And maybe, maybe talk a little just in general free agency kind of talks there's a lot of fun stuff uh, up ahead for the podcast guys believe me the show goes on even if it's not going to be the most insane stuff in the world you know we ain't got necessarily news popping off all the time we're all waiting for the, the winter meetings and all that but still going to make it as fun as possible with plenty of guests like the legendary Mr. Daniel Epstein himself, uh, who I thought was really great on this podcast. And you guys will see even more why in the coming days. But with that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Locked On Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember, to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, wherever, you, Overcast, whatever whatever you use. Just, turn, just type it in. Locked On Padres. There you go. There you go. That's all you have to do. Uh, you could give me a good five-star review on itunes the apple podcast app that would be really cool too and until next time stay safe and of course stay faithful my Friar faithful homies take care